Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What is going on everyone and welcome back to another Freaky Friday. Today is part two of The Girl on the Farm. If you haven't yet seen part one, I will leave a link down below to that episode. You've got to go and watch and listen to that one first for this to make sense. But without further ado, let's get in to the next part of this unbelievable story. When I fed the goats that evening, they still seemed mad at me from the morning. With all the pig business, I hadn't gotten a morning meal to them until nearly 10 a.m. And as I entered the pen, they eyed me warily. Ma, a brown one bleated, with a look of betrayal in its slit pupil eyes. My last task of the day was picking up the unsold produce. I hurried down the driveway, garden hod in my arms, an audiobook playing through my earbuds. The sun hung low in the sky, casting shadows that stretched across the driveway before me. The sun wasn't setting yet. That wouldn't be for another hour, but it still made me nervous. Most of the produce was gone, but I grabbed the three remaining zucchini and put them in the hod. Then I turned around and hurried back up the hill as fast as I could. But when I crested the hill, I saw something in the fields that made my heart stop. A scarecrow, its arms stretched out at its sides. Its head hung limply on its shoulders. I couldn't see it in detail, it was too far away, but I could see its silhouette clearly. I immediately broke into a sprint. Just get inside, you'll be fine. I focused on the white door. It was still so far away, but I forced myself to stare at it to keep my eyes away from the scarecrow. Just run as fast as you can. And I made it. I slammed the door shut, drew the deadbolt, closed all the curtains, checked all the other locks. And then I collapsed onto the couch and called my boyfriend, Derek. You have to come here, I told him. There's someone out there and I ran inside, but I think I rambled on in incoherent sentences until he interrupted me. Wait, slow down. You think there's someone out there? Yes. Are you sure? Derek was a good man, but he often thought I was being a little too paranoid, a little too scared. When I insisted I was being followed home from work, he told me it was probably nothing and just some guy walking the same route as me. When I heard sounds in the middle of the night, he insisted it was the house settling. When I watched true crime shows and told him how we need to do X or Y so we don't fall victim to a crime like that, he'd just laugh. It wasn't intentionally mean, but in these moments, it was painfully obvious he'd grown up as a man with little to be afraid of in this world. Yes, I'm sure. They said the farm doesn't use scarecrows and there is a freaking scarecrow standing on the hill watching me. I heard a loud sigh on the other end. Are you saying that you don't believe me? I didn't say anything, he said calmly. You sighed. Okay, sorry. It's just, this sounds really... He trailed off. Never mind. Please just come over here. I'll explain everything. But why don't you come over here? Because if I go outside, the scarecrow will get me. Silence. And then I realized that sentence did sound pretty unhinged on its own. 
Listen, there's been really weird stuff happening on this farm. And then I launched into an explanation of everything. The list of rules, the sunflowers, the cornfield, even the pig man. Why didn't you tell me all this earlier? He asked when I finished. Because you wouldn't believe me. You still don't. I'm trying to. Just this sounds like a lot of ghost story type stuff. You know? Another sigh. But look, I can tell you're upset. I'm coming over, okay? I'm leaving right now. I'll be there in half an hour. I ended the call and stared at the curtains. For a minute, I was tempted to part them to make sure the scarecrow hadn't got closer, but I wasn't going to disobey the rules. When Derek arrived, I took every precaution to get him inside safely. I told him to park as close to the house as possible, look around for scarecrows, and then run as fast as he could. As soon as he was inside safely, my fear melted away. We put on a movie, had some good laughs, and then went to bed. But around 2am, something woke me with a start. And when I sat up, I realized Derek was gone. Derek? I called out, walking into the hallway. Where are you? When he didn't reply, I walked downstairs. I found him standing in front of the window, peering outside. Hey, I hissed. You're not supposed to look outside. Shh, there's someone out there. My blood ran cold. I joined him at the window and scanned the fields. I don't see anyone. No, there was definitely someone out there. His fingers inched towards his belt and my heart plummeted when I saw the shiny black metal sticking out of his pocket. You brought your gun? You said you were scared, he whispered back. You said someone was out there. I didn't really believe you, but now I do. Aren't you glad I brought it? No, I never want to be near that thing. Okay, look, we can have some stupid debate about gun rights later, but right now, there's someone out there, and if we just go back to sleep, we might not wake up in the morning. Derek, I'm just telling it like it is. I crossed my arms and stared out into the field with him. And then, just as I was about to turn away, I saw it. A shadowy figure walking along the edge of the sunflower field. Derek didn't waste any time. He unbolted the door and swung it open. Hey, you, get off our property. I've got a gun. The figure stopped, paused, and then sidestepped into the sunflowers. Before I could stop him, Derek ran out of the house. Derek, I shouted, but he didn't stop. I paused at the threshold and then I sprinted out after him. Come back, frick. He was running straight for the sunflower field. Don't go in there. He probably wouldn't have even stopped, but when he got to the border, I screamed bloody murder at him and he stopped for just a moment. You can't go in there, I panted, grabbing his arm. The sunflowers. Yeah, you told me they're evil or watch you or something. Look, I think I can handle myself. He gestured to his gun. And if I don't scare this effer, he's going to come back and R or murder or do whatever he came here to do. With that, he disappeared into the foliage. I stood there, panting, at the border of the field. He'll be okay, I lied to myself. He'll be okay. As the adrenaline faded, I lifted my head and scanned the flowers. They were all turned towards me, yellow petals appearing silver in the light of the full moon. Okay, it's okay. They're all pointing the same direction. See? Wait. There was a single flower in the center of the field turned away from me. My blood ran cold. Derek, come out of there. Silence. No pounding footsteps, no rustling, nothing. A chill ran over my body. Please come out, I begged, staring into the shadowy darkness under the flowers. And then I heard it. Help! Derek's voice, 
Strangled in pain, I reacted instinctively. My feet hit the dirt and I stumbled into the darkness. Leaves brushed my body, scratched on my arms. Derek? I called. The sunflowers stretched up, six or seven feet tall, their moonlit heads swaying in the breeze above me. I turned a full circle, looking in every direction for Derek, but all I saw were more stems, more leaves, more inky black shadows. Derek, where are you? I stopped walking and listened, straining my ears for any sort of sound. And then, after several seconds, I heard something. A soft rustling. There was just one problem. It was coming from right above my head. I looked up. The sunflower directly above me was tilted straight down. And this close, I saw it clearly. Its head wasn't full of seeds. No, where the seed should have been, there was just an abyss of pure black. And there were things between the petals and the abyss. White, sharp things all pointed towards the center teeth. I broke into a sprint. With both arms, I pushed the sunflowers out of the way, forcing myself through the field. Derek! I screamed, but all I heard was more rustling above my head as all the sunflowers tilted towards me as their mouths opened and rows and rows of sharp fangs gleaming in the moonlight descended towards me. Then something grabbed my arm. I was dragged through the fields, the foliage snapping and rustling underneath me. Help! I screamed. But as my legs kicked against the dirt, I realized I was powerless as I was dragged to my death. I was staring up at the stars. I shot up. The thing clasped around my arm wasn't a sunflower. It was a hand, an old wrinkled hand. I looked up to see a bowler hat and a dark suit. The old man from the farm stand. And there, several feet away from me in the dirt was Derek. He was breathing hard alive but his right arm was covered in dark blood that spilled out into the soil i think it's time we had a talk he said calmly as he let go of my arm i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What were you thinking going into the sunflowers? The old man asked as he wound gauze around Derek's arm. What were you thinking? I saw you go into the field too, he replied. I went behind the field to hide from the crazy man with the gun. You were lurking around out there at 2 a.m. What was I supposed to think? Derek shot back, grimacing in pain. And you, the old man said, pointing squarely at me. You should have known that if he couldn't kill whatever was attacking him with a gun, going in after him was an idiot move. I I just, I wanted to save him, I said, arms crossed. Oh, so you were armed too? Uh, no. He shook his head. I caught the phrase, stupid kids, muttered under his breath. Then he took off his hat, set it in the middle of the table, and glanced at each of us. I'm going to tell you what's going on here, and then I hope you can help me. Derek and I exchanged a glance. How do we know we can trust you? He asked. He just saved our lives, I replied. He was hanging around outside in the middle of the night for no good reason. It was a good reason, the old man snapped, glaring at Derek. And if you listen to me for a dang minute, 
You'd understand. Come on, I whispered, squeezing Derek's hand. Okay, fine. The old man straightened himself and then began to speak. The Gershans started this farm almost 20 years ago. They bought the plot of land from an old widow who had lived here her entire life. She didn't want to sell it, but she needed the money. Well, they dropped the contract, but at the last moment, they changed the paperwork and tricked her into selling it for half the price. When she realized she'd been tricked, she cursed the land itself. But they just laughed. They didn't believe in curses or superstitions or the supernatural. The old man stopped and looked pointedly at Derek. He broke eye contact and looked at the floor. Of course, as soon as they planted the sunflower field, they realized the curse was very real. Eventually, they tried to sell the property, but by that time, news of the curse had spread and they would only get a fraction of what they paid. They weren't willing to lose their money, so they kept it. And with time, they learned that if they followed certain rules and stayed careful, they could grow some crops and turn a profit. But no one is perfect. After some close calls, the Gershans decided they didn't want to risk their lives, but were perfectly fine with risking other people's lives. So they started hiring people to tend to the farm. They preyed on the weak, the disadvantaged, the desperate, single mothers, undocumented immigrants, people who were new to the town who hadn't yet heard of the curse or were too desperate to care. The deal was a good one too, a share of the crops, a place to live and decent pay. This is where I come in. My daughter was one of these people. She was a single mother and I, I was terrible. He paused and swallowed as if swallowing emotion, but his face remained stoic. I wouldn't let her and her son stay with me when she was evicted from her apartment. I thought it would cause too much conflict with my wife and I was trying so hard to make it work, but now I see that none of that mattered. He sucked in a breath. A few weeks later, she was hired by the Gershans and neither she nor my grandson were ever seen again. Derek and I sat there in stunned silence. I'm, I'm so sorry, I finally choked out. That's, that's horrible. Then help me get them back, he said, a pleading look in his eye. Get them back? They're not dead. You see, I recognize the voice in the cornfield. It's the voice of my grandson. Silence fell over the three of us. Derek and I looked at each other. The old man must have noticed our confusion because he continued. The victims aren't always killed. Sometimes they're transformed, like my daughter and grandson in the cornfield or the scarecrow, or the pigs. I clapped my hands over my mouth. The pigs? He nodded. No, no, no. I called the police when I saw one, and they they came, and I think they... Tears burned my eyes. I think they killed him. I'm so sorry to hear that, but it's not your fault. The Gershans have a lot of power in this town. They have a deal with the police. Dirty cops have been known to get rid of evidence in the sunflower fields. He sighed. I've devoted the past three years of my life to this. I've run into every obstacle, know everything there is to know. A lot of it I learned from the widow's children directly. So is there a way to get them back? The people who were transformed? I asked. Yes. I was never able to get into the house before. The Gershans made sure of that. But now, he reached into his pocket and pulled out what appeared to be a small mesh bag. Within, among what looked like dried plant material, I could make out something long and white. A bone? This is what the widow used to create the curse. Her daughter told me it was hidden behind the medicine cabinet in the bathroom 
and there it was. Using this, I should be able to reverse the curse's effects. He glanced at Derek and then back at me. So, will you help me? I paused, looking into the old man's blue eyes. And then, I nodded. We began at dawn. The sun crested over the hill, sending long shadows over the path. The old man led us to the edge of the cornfield, which now, in the daylight, didn't look so ominous. The stalk swayed gently in the breeze, illuminated in gold from the rising sun. Are you ready? He asked. Derek and I stood several feet away as he lifted the bag. He recited several sentences of Latin or some other language, something he'd memorized in his research, I assumed. He nearly shouted the last sentence. Then he dumped the contents of the bag on the ground. The dried leaves scattered in the wind. The bone twirled in the air, then bounced into the dirt. For a minute, nothing happened. But then I heard it, a soft rustling from within the corn. Slowly, it grew louder and louder. I grabbed Derek's hand and squeezed it, bracing myself for some eldritch horror to come out. But it had worked. A woman walked out of the corn, tall and thin, holding hands with a smiling little boy. I watched, my eyes welling up with tears, as the woman hugged her father. Then, as both of them hugged the little boy. Come on, the old man said, wiping his eyes. It's time for you to come home. The old man started down the driveway towards the main road with his daughter and his grandson in his wake. Dread twisted my guts. Something felt off. He was just leaving without looking for the others, without even a glance in our direction. I scanned the farm, but I didn't see anyone emerging. I didn't hear any voices. Hey, I called out. What about the others? The old man stopped and turned around. He wasn't smiling. I'm sorry, he said. My heart sunk further. What do you mean, you're sorry? The curse can't be reversed, he said, his blue eyes glinting in the rising sun. The only way to free someone from the farm is to give someone in their place. No. No, he doesn't mean I'm sorry, the old man said. He put his arm around his daughter. She looked back at us with sadness in her eyes, holding her little boy's hand. And then he continued down the driveway. Don't walk away! I screamed. Emily, Derek started. Come back here, right now! Emily! This time, Derek's voice had an odd quality to it. It was muffled, raspy. I whipped around and froze. Straw was poking out of Derek's mouth. No! I screamed, stumbling over to him. But it was too late. His skin was sickly gray, his eyes were glassy and blank, and his lips, they almost looked like they'd been drawn on with marker. I watched in horror as the man I loved turned into a scarecrow. Derek, I sobbed. Please. His body was still above me, arms stretched stiffly out at his sides, flannel shirt stuffed with straw, burlap head hanging limply on his shoulders. And then he moved. His head swung wildly towards me. His eyes, now nothing more than buttons, fixed squarely on me. I ran. I ran as fast as I could towards the house, but I could feel something changing inside me. Everything felt off balance. My legs felt all wrong, bending and twisting underneath me. I stumbled inside and collapsed to the floor, crying. But I knew. I knew I was changing too. For some reason, my changes are happening more slowly than Derek's. But when I look in the mirror, I can see the changes. My nose is longer, my ears are twisted, my skin is pinker. So I tried to type this up as quickly as I could. Please, stay far away from Gershon Farm. Don't buy their stuff, 
Don't go to work there. Don't do anything. Run as fast as you can and never look back. I would say more, but it's getting harder to type. The space between my fingers is melting away. My hands are growing stiff. In just an hour or so, they will be hooves and I will have no way of communicating with the outside worlds. So please, whatever you do, don't come to Gershon Farm. So there we go. That is the end of that one. What a story. Over two episodes, just brilliant stuff. So scary as well at parts. And at the end, quite tragic. As soon as I thought the old man was actually a nice person and was helping out these guys, bang, does that. Leaving them to a lifetime of, let's be honest, probable death. I mean, look, if the police aren't corrupt, then something else is going to do them. And even if they do stay alive, who wants to live as a pig or a scarecrow? My word. Big shout out, by the way, to the author of this one, Blair Daniels, someone that makes just unbelievable stories. Uh, their Reddit themselves is just phenomenal. So big love there. And yeah, guys, let me know. Do you want more stories like this one? More Freaky Fridays? If you do, we can make this a weekly thing. Up to you guys. But nonetheless, I hope you enjoyed it. Drop a like if you did. And I will see you all on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.